0: Welcome to a Friday night edition of Jocks and Locks with my partner, Rhino, welcoming in the weekend. Any big plans this weekend, big Rhino? Uh,
1: nothing really, just watching some sports, living a life, enjoying the weekend, maybe sleeping in a little bit. What about you? Yeah, I
0: think uh, same thing for me, uh, excited to watch a nice weekend of college basketball, couple of good games on the docket tomorrow, and then a big one on Sunday in the Big Ten. We'll get to those games and others in just a moment, but we're going to start off with first pitch brought to you by Reliance Propane and Gas. Serving the Northwest Ohio area for over 80 years, Reliance Propane, you can rely on us. And we're going to start it off with the breaking news today, uh, somber news that is for sure, regarding Robert Kraft and the solicitation of prostitution he's been charged with in the state of Florida. And, uh, I don't really know what to make of this situation yet as, as everything just keeps kind of piling out of, out of the newsroom, uh, regarding this, but it's kind of unfortunate, obviously in this situation, if something along these lines is going on, uh, anywhere, let alone somebody of his stature and, and, and everything else is, uh, doing these acts which is just simply disgusting. but you know I, I just don't think anybody obviously saw this coming at all and it looks like from what I've been reading, most people charged for the first time with uh, soliciting a, a prostitute uh, in the state of Florida are allowed to enter a diversion program uh, so potentially craft would have to serve over a hundred hours of community service and attend an educational program about the negative effects of prostitution and human trafficking, which sounds like a pretty uh, easy way out, which I'm not really too big of a fan of. But Rhino, I know it's hard to wrap your mind around this right now, but what do you think about uh, what's what's come out today regarding Robert Kraft and what the implications could possibly be?
1: Uh, First of all, I'm just disgusted i mean it, when it, whenever you hear any of this stuff going on it's just it's sickening um and you know not to not to really joke or anything about it but why is a 6.5 billion dollar guy going to a massage parlor in a you know pretty sketchy plaza and getting a happy ending why wouldn't he just you know hire some Vegas girl or something to come up like it it, it just it it kind of blows my mind like what's really going on with this guy this guy got a problem and that's what's most concerning obviously um there what it seems like is is you know he probably won't have to as far as the the team goes he probably won't have to do anything but I'll be curious to see if the NFL does anything outside of just what the uh the law does as far as punishment or, or anything like that obviously Goodell has had a history with the Patriots and given them some some pretty uh, strenuous punishments. So I'll be curious to see what he does.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the NFL is going to come down hard on this. I, I think you have to. Um, there's been some rift between Goodell and Kraft. This is the time for Goodell to play his foot down, and uh, I think he, I think it's I think it's deserved. Uh, I think, in my opinion, I, I believe. He's going to be forced to sell the team after after what's happened and what's come out. It's a terrible look for the NFL and for um, any owner, of, for that matter. And to be honest with you, I think this could be the, the, the beginning of the end, finally, for the New England Patriots. The entire run that they've had uh, has been unprecedented, but at this time now, I believe the writing is now on the wall. I think we could see a domino effect uh, with Robert Kraft uh, now being indicted on these charges. I believe he will be forced to sell the team, which in return, I believe, will make Brady uh, retire. I think he played a lot for Kraft. I think Kraft was the backer that that kept him in New England over uh, Garoppolo when they dealt Jimmy G, who I believe was Belichick's guy that he wanted to keep and then I believe that if Brady goes I believe Belichick then goes because Belichick knows that he has nobody behind Brady to help fill the void and then all of a sudden Gronk obviously leaves and you've lost uh obviously a monumental portion of that organization and I think that's the beginning of the end I really do I think this is the last straw that's going to break the camel's back and it's so unfortunate and sad that it has to, I think that it could come down to, to this breaking the camel's back and and eventually breaking up this dynasty. But, you know, truth comes out in the end and we've now seen what, uh, what's been going on. So just kind of an unfortunate, unfortunate uh, news that came out of New England and, and about Robert Kraft, but. Obviously, much more is going to come out on this. More details about what what what's what's been going on. So, I'm sure there'll be future podcasts. Where we'll discuss uh, these, the findings, and and more information that comes out regarding uh, this situation. Another somber note: we'd like to send out our condolences to the gentleman who was killed in the uh, car accident. Uh, regard or w- with Coach Jim Beheim, obviously, Coach Beheim. Uh, is a well-respected and one of the greatest college basketball coaches to ever live. And it's so unfortunate after a win against Louisville that he, you know, drove home and uh, a gentleman was in the wrong spot at the wrong time and uh, happened to uh, kill the man uh, with his vehicle. But, you know, it was a, it was obviously a, a, mis- a uh, an accident and that's why they call them accidents. And unfortunate for both parties in that situation. So, a couple somber things to start off, which we really don't want to start off with. But then we're gonna we're gonna actually bounce around and and get to something a little bit more positive, which had a unfortunate situation in it. But uh, and I don't even know if the the game lived up to the billing of what it was supposed to be uh, this week on a Wednesday night. But we had arguably the biggest rivalry in sports, uh, Duke North Carolina. Duke hosted the Tar Heels on Wednesday night in prime time, and uh, you know. I really thought Duke is what Duke is. I know the whole Zion Williamson shoe tobacco that we had, and, and we're going to get into that in a second now regarding what, what his options are and what he should maybe do. But Duke is what Duke has always been all year, guys. I, I don't. I've been saying it all along. I think the talent is second to none in the country. They're the most talented team in the country, but they're not a tactical team. They're not a team that is going to be able to uh, break you down in certain ways. They're just going to try and out-athletic you, if that's even a word, and come at you with everything they've got, but they really, their ability to hit big shots from beyond the arc and and really tighten the screws late in the game with hitting free throws down the stretch is just not their M.O., and I believe showcase showcased obviously the poor shooting part against North Carolina, and North Carolina basically stacked stacked the paint and let them shoot as many of those sh- jump shots as they could, and and look what happened—they just couldn't make any from the outside. Uh, I, do I think the game is a different game with Zion Williamson playing the full game? Absolutely, uh, but to say they would have won—I don't know. No, nah, you know they nah, still, nah. they still have to make jump shots, don't they?
1: Yeah, I still, I still think the result would have been very similar had Zion played the whole game. Now, obviously, like, like you had mentioned and I've said before, you know, their talent is second to none. So, you know, we obviously saw in the Virginia game that talent came out and they were able to shoot the ball well. Well, more times than not this year, they haven't shot the ball well. And the numbers don't lie. So when they lose, especially when they lose their best player, what what happens to them and you could see North Carolina was just letting them shoot out, but what was more impressive about North Carolina was their ability to take those rebounds and push the ball up the the floor and get easy in-transition buckets, which was a a great uh, game plan and it worked all night.
0: Yeah. Uh, North Carolina I believe looked like they were able to do what they wanted to do. Uh, obviously it helps when you get Zion out of the game and you can really infiltrate that, that, that inside and in and, and the post. But you're right. They dominated in basically every facet of the game. And uh, I was a little shocked after the game. Uh, Coach K was a little Cool and not uh, not too warming to Coach Roy Williams after the game. I just thought that relationship seemed to be a little bit better than, than the way Coach K displayed it. Uh, maybe he was just frustrated after Zion going down, and it was just a frustration, uh, which could could very very possibly be. And I've said I don't like to shade any doubt towards Coach Kraszewski for all that you know he's done for college basketball and how good of a coach he is. But it was just interesting to see that. Exchange after the game, and it was a little bit peculiar to me. But uh, no harm, no foul. Uh, we'll get to see a, a rematch in the coming weeks. Duke will have to travel up to up Tobacco Road uh, to Chapel Hill to play the Tar Heels, and I think it'll be another good game. Uh, I still think Duke's a better basketball team. I have some more talent. I think they're a better team still than North Carolina. North Carolina got the best of them in the uh, first meeting, but we'll see what happens in in the second meeting. And the last thing for first pitch. We finally had one big domino drop in uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, free agent Manny Machado signed a 10-year, $300 million deal with the San Diego Padres. And uh, kind of changing the landscape, obviously, the NL West. playing on a big piece like that uh, goes a long way in uh, helping move your franchise. Now you got a cornerstone piece in San Diego. You've got almost that entire starting lineup under control for four years. And uh, do you see, now any moves they're going to make potentially to try and push this envelope and try and jump in the window uh,
1: if it opens anytime soon for him. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, as we always talk about, the, the windows are small, um, and they, they have the farm system to go out and make moves for that window to really open up now. Um, they need to go get some pitchers. Corey Kluber is an interesting option. Um, I'm sure that Cleveland would like to get him and, and, and get rid of his Contract and I, I, you know, San Diego's got the pieces. They can offer, you know, they've got all the leverage in the world um, with that farm system, and and kudos to them for for sticking it out. And now they're actually, you know, hopefully going to continue to make moves here to see if they can make a run.
0: Yeah, uh, I I do think the Kluber deal to, to, to San Diego makes a lot of sense on both sides. Obviously, Kluber has one of those friendly deals you can find, but he will be on the market. I believe next year, and uh, I, I just don't see him resigning in, in Cleveland. He signed a nice deal with him the first time, and I don't see it happening again. And Kluber deserves his money. Do I think he's on the back half of his career, possibly? Uh, but you know, he's. I think he's going to get more in the open market than what the Indians really want to spend, and they can get hopefully a prospect or two in return for Corey and, uh, you know, gets him out to a cold-weather place, or excuse me, a warm-weather place, out of a cold-weather place where, where Kluber can uh, work in a graveyard, basically. I think, I think Petco Park is one of the best, most friendly pitcher, pitcher parks in the big leagues. And I also think a really interesting deal, if they, can, if they can let it swing, you know, if they don't land Harper as well, which would be obviously – Bona fide breaking news, but if if they don't get Harper, I think Dallas Keuchel makes a lot of sense for them as well. Uh, he bolsters that staff. I know he's not a frontline guy, in my opinion. I still think he's a middle of the rotation, upper middle of the rotation arm. But what Dallas Keuchel does offer you is a lot of innings uh, in, in a park that's that's going to hold a lot of balls out. And I think it's a smart deal for San Diego. I don't think you have to get too long term with him. But I think if you get them, if you if you if you can get them signed for three or four years at the right amount, I really think. Obviously, times on your side now with the spring training already already kicking off. Uh, yeah, I think Dallas Keuchel a guy that would really help that organization and that team flourish in the next few years. And I, I really look for the San Diego Padres to be a, uh, a contender in the NL West in the next coming few years. And I'm excited to see what they have to offer. So. Uh, without further ado we're gonna get into hoop and scoop uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the top five teams right now and I have currently in college basketball uh, as we know there's a, there's a handful of really good games this weekend a couple of teams in our top five will be playing this weekend and then uh, next you know these next coming weeks there's just gonna be a lot of games and a lot of teams shuffling and moving around trying to find their seeds in the NCAA tournament. But without further ado, we're going to start off at number five on my list. And number five on my list is the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, I believe uh, that the Blue Devils are still a top five team, even though Zion is on the shelf this weekend against Syracuse on Saturday. I just think they're two in the top five. Uh, I know they can't really shoot the three ball that well, like I've reiterated, and their free throw percentage is abysmal. But you can't doubt the talent, and I think they can out talent anybody in the country just about. So, I have Duke at the five line. Ryan, where do you have? Who do you have at five?
1: I have the Michigan Wolverines at five. I think they've been uh, they had some up and downs, but they've got obviously a big big game this weekend against Michigan State. Um, you know, so I I think that they're they've got a solid roster.
0: So speaking of Michigan, uh, I actually have Michigan in my four slot. Uh, you know, same thing as Ryan said, a tactical, uh, very, very talented and, and well-disciplined basketball team. Took care of uh, Minnesota last night up at the barn. And uh, I, I just think they're, they're a thoroughbred and B line's going to have that team ready. So who do you have in the four line right
1: now? Uh, the Duke Blue Devils. Like you said, too too talented not to have them in the top five. Um, so with them, can they, can they start playing better team basketball? We will see. Um, they definitely are going to need to, but I still have them in the, in the four spot. You just can't not have them in the top five.
0: Yeah, I agree. They're just too talented not to. At number three, we're going to have a severe disagree, di- disagreement uh, here. I have the Tennessee Volunteers, uh, Rhinos' favorite team. Uh, Rick Barnes and company are going to figure this thing out. Uh, they, they took that lump at, at, at Rupp Arena last weekend. Everybody wanted to jump off the wagon. I sure as hell kept my tickets on the wagon. I just kept on rolling with them. They played a sloppy game against Vanderbilt. They hosted Vandy, who's been playing pretty teams pretty tough as of late. And uh, I just think Rick Barnes and company, he's too talented of a, of a, of a basketball coach to let this uh, talented Senior-laden crew, uh, just kind of let this let this season go to the wayside and uh, and waste this opportunity. You know, he's been he's seventeen years at the University of Texas. He won over sixty-five percent of his games. He's you know he's produced Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge at Texas. I, I just think this guy knows how to develop players and knows how to win. And this team is is senior and and, and upperclassmen heavy. I just love the way they play. I know they've been off shooting the basketball the last two games, but I'm sticking with the Tennessee Volunteers in my three slot. Rhino, where do you have? What do you have at three?
1: Oh, you 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 this is great. It's gonna be your favorite team, the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, first of all, speaking on Tennessee, and we won't get too too far into this, but I was never on the wagon, so I didn't even jump off. Um But, you know, we'll get into that a little later on a later later date. But I like Kentucky. Um, P.J. Washington has has really come alive. They're playing a much better team basketball. Um, And, you know, it's a Calipari team. And, and, you know, I know Calipari hasn't won as many championships as he probably should have. But I I think this could be a year where where they're in the Final Four and and potentially – have a chance at a a national championship. And I know you're going to disagree with me and that's fine, but you know, we're just going to let time time roll here. And I'm going to be sitting here at the end of the end of the year going, I told you so yet again.
0: Well, I just went to the, uh, went to the restroom and got my Pepto-Bismol after listening to that shit that just came out of your mouth. Uh, But we'll talk about Kentucky and Tennessee on the next Friday's podcast when they square off in Knoxville next Saturday. On our two line, uh, we've got, I have actually the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, UVA is similar to Michigan. I call them the uh, Michigan Wolverines of the ACC, and they just keep on winning basketball games. Uh, I watched them against Virginia, and it seems to me Tony Bennett and company must come into the arenas early and install some type of lid over the opponent's basket because I kid you not I watched Virginia Tech shank balls all over the rim and the backboard against UVA and their shooting was absolutely atrocious. Virginia Tech is third in the country in three-point field goal percentage and it looked like they were no better than a uh, middle school YMCA team against Virginia. So I have the Virginia Cavaliers they must just pose some type of Scary threat against all their opposition, but Virginia, I have them on the two line. I don't see them moving that far out. I think they're a one seed probably pretty safely unless they really were to have a bad run, but I see Virginia being a one seed in the NCAA tournament. And uh, right now, who do you have in the two line?
1: Well, I wish we could uh, disagree more, but we can't. Uh, I also have Virginia complete basketball team. Um, we're, we're not going to see a repeat of last year. Um, they're going to make it pretty far, and you know it just it, it they suffocate you. And at the end of the game, when they're they're still down there making a couple shots with Kyle Guy, um, it it truly is difficult as, as an opposing team to be able to to go through an entire you know forty minutes playing against. That kind of basket, that kind of style of basketball, it can get really frustrating really fast, and that's why I, there's no question They're 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 a top two team in the country.
0: Yeah, and I think at number one, it's a consensus. And I think we're just going to sum this up real quick. This team going through the Mountain West is like a scalding hot knife going through a uh, cold stick of butter. Uh, the Gonzaga Bulldogs at number one for both of us, I would assume. And yes. Gonzaga just keeps on rolling. Uh, old Pepperdine holding on last night to cover the 28-and-a-half-point gift they were given by the old Bulldogs, which uh, Pete and Tom were holding on to their hats for as they both were riding the Pepperdine wave against Gonzaga and the Bulldogs. And Gonzaga, to me, is just a well-oiled machine that just keeps on rolling. Just when, I mean, I'm just worried to watch him actually play a team – that has, you know, real basketball players again. I'm just sick and tired of watching them play the Pepperdines and the UC Irvines of the world. So hopefully soon we'll see them in the NCAA tournament as a one seed. And hopefully by the Sweet 16 game, they might have themselves a good old tussle with somebody. But the Gonzaga Bulldogs are on the number one line here for me. And Rhino, are are you on the same page as I am?
1: Yeah, so I agree. Could you imagine being a fan of Gonzaga or, like, a student that goes to these games and and, and you know that you're going to win by 20-plus points every game? I mean, that just must suck.
0: I agree with you. I, I don't know. Yeah, it must be fun, but, I mean, you have to come to the game somewhat intoxicated for the fact that, good Lord, I mean, you know what's going to happen. I mean, that's the only way to make it any, any way remotely fun. The game on the floor is not going to be fun. You're just going to watch a team get – lambasted by uh, by your Bulldogs. So, Gonzaga to me, they're they're rolling right now. They've been rolling all year. I know they took a couple of lumps early, but I love watching them play, and I think we've got a handful of really good teams that can compete and possibly win a national title. We're going to go to possibly the biggest news in sports outside of the Robert Kraft uh, news today, and that's Zion Williams. Uh, I think everybody knows Zion. It's a one-word uh, or, you know, a uh, uh, a name you can you can probably say anywhere around the country right now, with some, and, and people know who Zion is. Uh, you know, if anybody hasn't heard or uh, has been out of the country lately, Zion on uh, Wednesday night against North Carolina uh, blew out his sneaker. Uh, he plays for Duke, and uh, he did not return to the game. Blew out a sneaker about, a, I don't know, 30 seconds into the game. And so there's been a lot of talk now about uh, players – having the opportunity to bypass uh, NCAA basketball or, or the NCAA and and enter the the NBA draft uh, out of high school now. Uh, it was a rule that was put in place, I would say, about a, a half decade ago or maybe a little bit longer. But uh, now they want to move that rule back and, and make the age to enter the draft at 18, uh, as it is 19 right now, Move it back to 18. So you let high school senior, I feel like the right level uh, go to the NBA and uh, enter the draft. I think there's a caveat to that. I think there's some, some things that would, would help this situation. Rhino, do you have any take on uh, what, what Zion will do and what he should do? Well, I'll
1: be honest. I think the guy should play, and you know, I, the reason I say that is, yeah, he, he he can avoid the the possible injury on the court that could cost him, you know, I don't know dollars, you could say. Um, but the way I look at it is, this is an opportunity for someone to go out and do something that not a lot of other people can do in their life, and. To me, I'd hate for the guy to go and look back 20, 25 years from now, well beyond his basketball playing days, and say, man, I had an opportunity to go win a national championship or play an NCAA tournament, play in a Final Four, um, maybe win Player of the Year. And I kind of just threw it away for for some money because I was afraid of injuring myself, which, by the way, you can injure yourself in the shower on any given morning if you slip and fall so i just think this is an opportunity and i think he will continue to play because i think he truly does just love the game of basketball and he loves his teammates and that'll make me happy um so it concerns me that you know people in the media will probably push him to say hey don't play don't play um when in reality you know we should be appreciating the fact that he is even playing in college and, and the one and done. I, I really do appreciate it more um, than, you know, if he had just come out of college and went to the straight to the NBA.
0: Yeah. Here's my thing. Well, i like to see Zion play again this year. Absolutely. Back to the matter is I can see both sides of the coin. Uh, I believe he has an obligation Uh, to keep himself healthy. As you said, he could fall in the shower. He could slip on a patch of ice. He could also hurt himself playing playing the basketball game again. I get that. And obviously, too, if he shuts it down uh, for the year, he's still going to have to work out before, you know, the new NBA combine and then the NBA draft and and so on and so forth. So it's not like he would just be sitting in solitary confinement playing video games in a bubble, right? So he'd still be – doing basketball activities, which in turn could potentially injure him for the future. So I agree with you on that point. But on the other side of the coin as well, he I do believe he does keep playing. Uh, I think there's a true sense of love and, um, and just passion for his teammates and what he has uh, at Duke. And I think he realizes, too, that, and this is obviously a, a, view, a view from the far, but I think he realizes, too, that, as you said, this is a very, very rare uh, thing for anybody to do in this country, and that participate in the NCAA tournament. I think it's one of the coolest, if not the coolest and best event of any college event. You know, you get these guys that are able to... Uh, it's a you know it's a bracket. Everybody that we know, you know, you know, all our listeners know fills out one of these things and fills a bracket out, and it's just fun to watch. You know, the onslaught of these games hit your television screen uh, for about a two and a half to three week stretch. And do I think Zion Williamson comes back uh, in the near future to play? Absolutely, and. Uh, I also believe that no matter what happens, that even if he were to get hurt again, which God, I hope he doesn't, but even if he does, he truthfully believes that this is the best thing for himself and for the and for Duke University. And I think his teammates obviously will appreciate it much, much more if he comes back onto the court and plays with his You know, basically his family as they try and uh, take down and win another NCAA title. Uh, I tell you what, I think the NCAA, as I said, is one of the most unique events and uh, funnest events for any college athlete. Uh, I bet you if you asked a guy like Kemba Walker, who had a remarkable career at UConn, and was able to carry that team to a national title uh, the year that I believe they were a 7 or an 8 seed. And I bet you if you asked him where that ranks in all of his basketball life and and career, I think that's probably close, if not the top top run and top uh, memory in his mind. So uh, the only caveat I have is with letting these high school kids have an opportunity to make money as they come out, simply because two reasons. One is the NCAA still has yet to figure out a way to help pay these players. (coughs) And the other thing is if they were to determine themselves eligible to get drafted and decide to hire an advisor, there needs to be some clause where the advisor, excuse me, if if the player does not get drafted, they can still have eligibility to uh, play college basketball. I think that is one caveat that needs to be implemented to allow at least these guys that get left out of the draft since it's only two rounds and don't want to go play as a free agent that they can still come back to college basketball and serve their time there before they re-enter the draft. Rhino, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I just think, I I don't know. I mean, if the kids are good enough to go play out of high school, let them go. I do like the idea of, since there is only, you know, the two two rounds, if they they don't get drafted to go back. Um, But I I, I just think, you know, some of these kids are – probably get enough to go play out of high school now i'm sure there's quite a few of them that think they are and they're really not but um, there's definitely a select few and i, I think they we shouldn't be able to, we shouldn't hold them back now, if their talent's really that good and the nba scouts and teams and general managers think that then let them be i i don't think that we should force them to go to school um you know especially in a situation where we're talking about you know, essentially taking money from them in a sense because they're not getting paid. I think they should be allowed to go and I think they should have the choice.
0: Well, that is the end of Hoop and Scoop. We're going to get to our last segment before you lock it up. It's going to be called Overtime tonight. And we're going to discuss just a, uh, a, a fun and friendly discussion that we've had over the last few weeks. Um, and, and all of our viewers out there, please make sure you follow us uh, on our Twitter handle. <coughs> at Jeez, you right over there? At... Sorry about that. Frog has my throat. I apologize. Uh, at Jocks and Locks and at Jocks and Locks at gmail.com. Uh, Rhino and I had this discussion, and we're obviously on two different sides of the coin here, so we want your uh, input. Would you rather watch... <coughs> A NASCAR race all the way through, or a dog show for that amount of time as well. <laughs> and I believe Rhino is on the side of a, a NASCAR race, which it's yeah. hard for me to watch more than 10 minutes, of it, 10 minutes of it, when everybody just turns left, and we just watch these people go around in a damn circle. This, you know, dog show, the Westminster was just absolutely fascinating television. I mean, you get all these different breeds, all these AKC specifications, you know, well-mannered dogs. And, I mean, tell me tell me what what's wrong with watching a little bit of a dog show. I mean, you get to see these beautiful, beautiful dogs frolic on the carpet of uh, that's laid down
1: at the Madison Square Garden. I love it. I mean here's the thing if, if if there was a dog that went out there and took a shit on the floor I mean that'd be entertaining but they don't do that they just freaking walk around like okay cool with some dogs like, what's the entertainment value of that looking at some cool dogs great I could go on the internet and just look up look up cool dogs and, and, and look at pictures there and do it in, in, in half the time but if we're talking about something that's entertaining through and through in compare, comparing these two um events, there's no question it's NASCAR. There's strategy involved. There's guys literally sitting in vehicles at 150 Hold miles down. or 150. There is to, strategy
0: involved. There's there's strategy involved in walking these dogs around, making sure that they stand oh still. Keeping, uh, their, hey, keeping their a keeping their keeping their chin up. No. Tail up. No. I mean no. uh, there's a lot uh, of strategy uh, involved. Uh,
1: well, uh, strategy if, if I want to go
0: me? listen if I want to go watch cars fly around and take left turns, I can literally go out to my damn intersection out here and watch these jackasses just take all kinds of left turns. No, I can see we, all the cars I want. I can't go next, door, go next door and see an Afghan Terrier or a, uh, a miniature pincher or anything else. I have to go someplace else. I, I mean... These dogs aren't just readily available to anybody to see. This is a
1: you, creme on, de la creme on. dog. Right. Okay. So you when you're arguing extravagant. You, you can't just have that argument for one side. You can't compare a Toyota Corolla or, or a Jeep uh, uh, to a NASCAR. Those are one of a kind cars. Cut Down Jeeps. That that don't cut down Jeeps. That that I'm not cutting down Jeeps. but What I'm saying is you can't you can't compare regular Everyday driving cars to NASCARs. There's a reason NASCARs aren't street legal. And if they were, then you'd see them on your intersection. But you don't because they're not street legal. There's so much horsepower, uh, and, and believe it or not, it's a little harder to drive than you think, uh, especially when you're going 200 miles per hour with cars. Speaking of know. horse, speaking of horsepower,
0: speaking of horsepower, horses, animals, go fit. I mean, it, it just all derives <laughs> from the animal people. No, it I, all derives I, from the animal.
1: And not a dog, by the way. That's, that's, that is, that's well, irrelevant. It's th- nothing I, to do with listen. dogs.
0: Well, it's still animals. I, I, I'm, I'm an animal lover. Sorry. I'm not sorry. I apologize, but
1: no, I, I think I, I this is do- a, just love, a, look, I love dogs too, but, but when we're talking about entertainment value, <coughs> we're talking about four hours of NASCAR race, which, or, or four hours of dogs trotting around, you know, hopefully one will shit on the floor and make everybody laugh. But I, I mean, what entertainment value is that? Sure, they're different those dogs, dogs are, but they those all dogs do are the all same house thing. trained. They all do dogs are all things. house
0: trained, Rhino. No, they, they all do the same. They thing. They all do different things. They're all bred for different things, Rhino.
1: They're yeah, but you, they don't show you things. that. They don't show you that. Oh, in bull, in, in the dog yeah, show, what?
0: Well, well, yeah, you have do, to do, listen.
1: Do, do, do the hunting dogs go and hunt during the dog show? Because that'd be entertaining. No, they
0: No, but they no, they tell you about it though. Oh, well, well I tell you great. about. I... It. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I get to have to cover my ears with yeah, a Yeah, well, damn you know what? headset to listen to these damn I around and
1: left left turns and circles. Well, I mean, hey, I'm out. I can actually I can actually see some action on the NASCAR track. You know, I could see some Cool wrecks. You know, that's what a lot of people that don't actually enjoy NASCAR Yeah, like that's to. really
0: good. Yeah. Risking injury. Nah, I'm not about on. risking those injury. Car, I like, cars are, you know what, dude, I
1: like. Look, those cars are so safe. It's not, you, 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 you got a better chance oh of getting, getting hurt in your Jeep than you do in a NASCAR. Don't say that. Don't wish that upon anybody.
0: All right, we're going to get to our last segment of the night. You lock it up and uh, it's funny Rhino and I had Pete and and Tommy uh, actually text us late last night regarding a couple of games he likes tonight (coughs) I just keep coughing I apologize for that got a little tickle in my throat and uh, Pete Parlay uh, sent over a text to Rhino and I two different ones so uh, I don't like how Pete's cheating on us with his picks on different ways so uh, what did Pete send you,
1: Rhino? So Pete's got a little five-teamer tonight. Uh, we'll just start with some some more known games. Uh, he's got the Indiana-Iowa under 145, which I can actually get on board with. Um, Indiana can't score. And if you watched any of their games recently, you can you can definitely see that. Uh, he's got the Oklahoma City minus 4.5. He's got the New Orleans Pelicans on the road at Indiana Moneyline which is paying plus 200 which is a big, big-time gamble there. And then he's got the Bowling Green Falcons. Little Maction going out and winning by four and a half. And then he's got Iona. Yes, you might have to Google where Iona is, because I certainly did, playing the Manhattan Jaspers. Where he found this game, I have no idea. Minus three and a half. Well, I'm going to
0: tell you something. Pete's on my shit list right now because Pete sent me my parlay and I got Iowa, Indiana at 143 and a half.
1: Oh, man. I mean,
0: I don't know what Pete's doing. I I figure Pete would be... Pete would be nice to both of us and send us at the same time, but apparently... I'm I'm definitely the favorite. Pete Pete likes you a lot more than me. He must like NASCAR. What an idiot. So, going back, uh, Pete sent me... Iowa Indiana or Indiana under 143 and a half. Also put Davidson as a pickem. And Kemp State playing Old Buffalo tonight. They have 15 and a half to get. I'll take all I'll take all 15 and a half of those as Pete said. And uh there's a little uh three teamer for you. I apologize again.
1: Good lord. Hopefully I'm not Go getting this again. I
0: know. Sorry about that, Rhino. Uh, and then Tommy Teaser actually also sent me a text. He likes a little teaser action tonight. Bowling Green as a pick'em, uh, a half points, one way of the spread. And Iowa as a two and a half point favorite. A two-team teaser for Tommy Teaser. So let's see how Pete and Tommy do tonight. We'll uh, recap those on Friday, or on Monday. excuse me. But we've got five really intriguing games this weekend. Four on Saturday and one on Sunday. Rhino, why don't you give us the rundown on those games?
1: All right, so we got Tennessee, LSU. You know where I'm going to go on this one. Tennessee, or I mean, excuse me, LSU is going to end up covering. Tennessee will probably win. Um, big game, though, in the SEC, for the, uh, playing for SEC uh, uh, for the standings, going for first place. Um, so I, I like LSU covering at home. Give
0: me Tennessee and all the points, baby. No. They're going to cover whatever you give
1: them. No. Next All game right, Moving on now to my team Kentucky is going to absolutely cover 100% against Auburn at home No doubt about it They can establish themselves as a clear number one seed again And then look forward to next Saturday Where they go to Tennessee And they will definitely win
0: This is absolutely asinine You have lost your mind once again Give me Auburn and the points And I wouldn't be shocked If Auburn goes on the road and shocks The Wildcats
1: Next game. Mm-hmm. FSU on the road. UNC, <coughs> Dean Dome. UNC wins. They stay hot. They're, can, they're actually trying to show the country that they are a top five team, which I can see it. FSU's been super hot, though. They won eight in a row, but that's going to come to an end on Saturday. Huge what
0: for North Carolina. I think they're still partying in Chapel Hill after that win against the Dukies. They played over their skis. They played well. Congrats to them. Florida State comes in hungry and hot. Give me Florida State and the points. and I actually think Florida State does win outright.
1: Mm, Man, three games, three disagreements. I love it. On to the next one. We're going to go a little Big 12 action here. Battle for the top spot. Right now, Kansas is definitely going to handle Texas Tech on the road. Um, You know, the cream always rises to the top, and – that cream is definitely in Kansas, and it's shown the past God knows how many years in the Big 12. Um, and they, they have great opportunity, obviously, Saturday against Texas Tech and then Monday against K-State to take control of the Big 12 yet again.
0: All right. There's a slight agreement here. I do like the Kansas Jayhawks to walk in and beat the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And uh, I am going to follow my uh belief on my pot on the podcast about a week and a half ago uh, i think kansas is now finally going to take control of this conference who nobody wants and i like kansas to uh win on the road at texas tech i think they'll be a dog and i do think they will uh obviously cover their points that they're getting
1: plus win and the last game is the sunday game right now what's the sunday game well, it's going to be a little bit of a doozer. I have a feeling Michigan is going to absolutely demolish Michigan State at home. Um, you know, Michigan State has won four in a row, and three of those wins came with late runs. That's not going to happen against Michigan, especially um, Michigan at home. They're undefeated at home this year. Um, they're going to get ahead early and, and never look back. And, and obviously, you know, Michigan State not playing at full strength hurts, hurts them.
0: Well, disagree on three, agree on two. Give me the Wolverines at home. I do believe they will beat Michigan State. Not handle them, beat them. In a relatively close game, I think by about a half dozen. And that is going to wrap us up for a Friday night of jocks and Locks. I do apologize for the cough tonight. i um, again as we speak, so I need to get off the air as soon as possible. Rhino, you got anything else for the
1: uh, listeners out there? No, just get that fixed before Monday so we don't have to deal with that anymore. I know the listeners, right, it, listen, clean, listeners aren't big fans of it. running right, to clean that up. I, I don't know what else to do, uh, but, you know, uh,
0: hopefully I'll be better on Monday. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Tune back in Monday. Sponsored by the Black Tux. Have a good night.